in this series that we're dealing with called Habits, we're trying to discover uh, who we are, what we need to start, and today, what we need to stop. Turn to somebody, time to stop, all right? Let them know, it's time to stop, all right? I've recommended three books that will help you when it deals in this area of habits. Uh, the one we're, we're kind of pulling some thinking out right now is from James Clear. It's The Atomic Habits. And he raises this thought, and this is a key thought. We all have similar goals. Okay, if I were to talk to a hundred some different people and share with them, and uh, like, what's your goal in life? We would find that there are similar goals about health, about finances, about following God, uh, who, where we'll be in our marriage, what, what's going on in our lives. We all have similar goals, but we all end up someplace different. Why is that? Why is it that we can have goals, ideas of what we should accomplish and do, but we end up somewhere different? No one says, hey, you know what? This is my goal in life. You know, I want to live paycheck from paycheck. When my spouse brings something home, I want to go, what? What have you done? I'm not sure we can afford that. Who plans that to be the stressful way you live? Or to become so overweight, so poor in your health, my goal is to die young. I just, I'm just going to die young. You know, I, I want to I'm be one of those pioneers that just die. I want to miss my grandkids. That's the whole thing. They're just too much trouble. All right. Or I got a five year goal to be a full blown addicted person. I, I'm going to find something in my life that's going to so addict me, so overwhelm me. It just messes up my marriage. I, I lose trust with my kids. I mean, my goal is to do that. Who says I want to have a mediocre life? I want a dead-end job. Uh, I want to end my life. And at my message and my sermon, it says, I, I just had so many regrets, so many things I wish I'd done different in my life. We don't start that way. How do we get to that place? What has occurred? What's going on? Uh, and so I think it's really important to know, rarely... Does one thing that we do so mess up our life? It's rarely one bad choice at one moment, at one time, that messes up our life. But as we process this, here's what I want you to understand and for you to know. We end up in the wrong place. We end up in a place that we never planned to. One step, one day, one bad habit at a time. We get there by one step at a time. All right? So when that happens, when we've done it, we've gone through a season of life, we've messed up a part of our life, we see where our habits are, what we often tend to do is summarize that period in our life or summarize a life with a sentence. We will say, yeah, they battled weight, and they died of a heart attack. That's how we'll sum up all of that. Yeah, she cheated on him, and then they divorced two years later. There is so much more going on there, but we wrap it up with a sentence. Uh, you know, they just didn't have follow-through. They just didn't complete their work, and so 
that's the reason they got let go of, and there's a series of things, and they never got back together. We summarize it, we write it off to just a sentence. Now, the Bible is full of these one-sentence descriptions of a life. And so I want to start with that. Grab your notes. Make sure you pull them out. You'll follow along with me. We're going to be looking at Judges chapter 16. Deals with Samson. And it said, One day Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute. That just kind of sums up this period in his life that where you know, he had, he had the blessing of God. He had the power of God. He could tear off uh, gates. He could uh, kill lions. He could do all these powerful things. He had all this authority. He had all this favor. Okay? All this is going on for him, and he saw a prostitute. And he gave up all of that. It wasn't this moment. There's a lot more in this. I want you to understand that. So we have these similar goals, but we end up in different places. So how did Samson end up this? He had these blessing of God. How did he end up where this? So he goes to Gaza. Now, I did some research. This is the Philistines' headquarters. The enemy who hates them, who has put out a, a bounty on his head that wants him to be killed, who has destroyed troops and killed them all by himself, single-handedly. He's enemy number one. If there's anyone we want to hit, anyone we want to kill, it's Samson. And he goes to the heart, to the capital, to the headquarters, all right? Gaza is 25 miles from Samson's home in Zorah. I want you to think about this. Not only is this not the place that you would normally go and hang out, but it's 25 miles from where he lives that he's going to do this. Now, how did he get so deceived, or I like the word stupid. I mean, how, you know, anyone ever do something stupid? You're so certain it was the right thing, but when you did it, go, that was stupid. That, that, that really didn't go the way I was thinking. How did he get so super, they risked so much of what he had. And countless people, many people, do this over and over every day. Here's, here's I, 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 so I had to calculate 25 miles, what are, how many steps and stuff like that. It's 56,250 steps. 56,250 steps. Steps. I mean, he's going to do this thing that's going to mess himself up, and he takes 56,250 intentional steps to get to where he's going to mess up his life. So this just didn't happen. He wasn't walking down the road going, oh, He walked 25 miles for this. Samson didn't get to this bad spot with one step, one bad habit. It was a series of things that he was intentional and kept at that got him there. So as we're looking at this series, in it we're learning a couple of truths. First of all, 
if you pick a goal, I want to lose so much weight, uh, I want to uh, read this book, or I want to do, all those are good things, but goals aren't going to get you there, all right? So you've got to know who, not what, who you want to become. I want to become a man of God. I want to become a godly father. I want to become free of my addictions. Who do you want to become? If you set a goal and say, I, I'm going to try not to do it three times, or I get, that's going to wear out. It's not going to last long. But if you decide who you want to be, you're going to have the power and authority. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to honor God. You're trying to become more like Christ. And there's greater authority in doing that. The second thing I want you to pick when I talked about message two was one thing to start. Now turn and look at somebody next to you. Okay? I know right now if I were to ask you what is their problem, you wouldn't give me one, you'd give me several. Some of you are trying to pull out pages right now. You don't need to do that. It's not an exercise we're going to do right now. All right? You can go. I can fill up several pages of my problems. But I want you to pick one. One problem that you need to start. One thing that you need to start. Because you're going to find their keystone. What keystone means is they create a streak. Because it's easy, because it's determined, and because you're trying to make things happen, you're focusing on one, you're not focusing on 50, so you're guaranteed failure. It'll reinforce it, and you're going to get somewhere. All right? So we're looking at what's the one to stop. And I have some notes there. As, as we're thinking, as we're talking about some things that, like, this isn't taking me to be who I need to be, who I want to be. What is God honoring? In your notes right there, what would you write? What would you put down? If you don't want anyone to know what's going on next to you, just put some initials, all right? Make up some initials, just so you know it. It's important you know what we're talking about. What's the one bad habit you want to stop today? James 121 says this, So get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God. Surrender to God. And accept the word that he's planted in your heart, which is able to save you. So God is laying out some things we need to, do to get rid of this, all these things in life. We're going to start with one, and we're going to submit ourselves to Christ to see what it has. Good habits usually start with difficulty. They're a challenge. They don't, because the payoff, the results is in the future. I, I don't get it today. Uh, I'm going to start running. I'm, you know, I, I need to exercise more, you know. Uh, and so you pick a challenging goal. So you, sit, you get up the next morning, and you walk outside, and what's the first thing you realize? It's cold. Or if you're in California like we are, it's, it's hot. I mean, I can't believe it's already so hot already. It's a dead of winter, you know. I'm going to sweat. And then you start running, and it's go, oh, oh, that's, that's using some muscles I forgot about. Oh, oh, my side, what the heck? What's this going on? Oh, and it's like, it's difficult. But nine months later, you're going to find that you lose some weight. And then you're going to be overwhelmed. This is just the beginning. I finally lost half a pound. It took me nine months. This is just the beginning. I don't think I can keep this up. 
all right? So good habits are difficult. That's why you, we want to start with one, we want to make it simple, and we want to build towards it. Or maybe it's going to sleep, all right? And it's like, I want to sleep early because I want to be at church early. I want to be there early. I'm just throwing that word in there, early. And I want to be there on time, and, and I want to, uh, uh, you know, be a part. So what your, what your habit is, is that you have this problem with the alarm, the snooze button, okay? And so when it hits it, you hit it. And you like to hit it seven times because that's God's perfect number of completion. And that's like an hour and a half before you get through all those snooze, you know. And you're, you're always late. It's always, you know, it's always a problem, okay? Well, what we're trying to do is create some good habits. Because we find out if we, if we do that, if we're at church, if we're faithful like that, we're going to be closer to God. We're going to have a better marriage. We're going to find peace in our life. We're going to find amazing friends in our growth groups. And as, as we're watching those dominoes, as we begin to realize, you know, it's the individual single things that we do that start building up, that start to have an impact, that's a storeroom for faith and recognize, and all of a sudden, these small acts become stronger and bigger in their impact on our life. Now, bad habits are the opposite. Good habits are difficult, but they have a future benefit, something that's good. Bad habits have an immediate perceived benefit. Take my ice cream, shove it in my face. Oh, that's good. I like the cold and the flavor. This is rum that around, you know. But later on, because I'm eating ice cream five times a day, I've got a, I got a negative result later on, all right? Sin can be fun. Yes, I said this in church. Because you all believe it, and that's all what you think, you know. I mean, I mean, sin is, why are we doing it? Because it's fun. That's our thought. That's our perception. But we forget about the long-term cost. It costs what? It's causing this damage in my life? What? There's that immediate little endorphin. There's that immediate little result. But the long term is so much worse. I'm just going to smoke a cigarette, you know, because I'm stressful. I'm going to eat because I'm stressed. And later on, I have cancer. I have poor health. Uh, you, have the you, you, you may have been the customer at the all-you-can-eat buffet. You're the customer of the year. I mean, they look for you to come in because they know you're going to get the pudding, you're going to get the wafers, and you're going to pile all this stuff up, and you're going to individualize your plates. You know, you're not going to have a salad plate because that's just a waste of space. i got to eat all I can get. This is a buffet, you know. I'm speaking from, from my way of doing things. Just, I'm not... You know, put out, and then I'm gonna put all the meat on one plate, and then all the specialty things I want, you know, so that later on you have diabetes or you have a, a health issue. How do we break bad habits? Well, the first thing is to acknowledge it. If you don't name it, you can't defeat it. If you can't define what the problem is, yeah, I just I just have a problem with, you know, time. Oh, what is the problem with time? If you don't narrow it down, if you don't acknowledge it and say, yes, this is a problem, 
you're not going to get anywhere. Maybe it's an attitude. You're critical in your spirit. You're complaining in your heart. I mean, you can't find anything right. Already you've given me your numbers of how well I've done today. Randy, you're only running about a seven. Use a little bit better than that, you know. Uh, Randy, you should have had a little more scripture. No, you should have used less scripture. You should have done this or that. I mean, it's easy for us to be critical. Gossip. Uh, just so you know, understand what the word gossip means. Gossip simply means to share a truth or a falsehood that causes harm to someone else's character. That's why in our growth groups we have this, this thing, what is shared in group stays in group. You can't take it home but go to your spouse and go, oh man, you should have heard what I learned about so-and-so. No, that's gossip. You can't even share it with another member in your group if they weren't there that night. Because you've got to have the freedom sometimes just to share what's going on. But maybe gossip is a problem. Overeating. Sweets, fast food, snacks. Eat till you vomit. Digitally. All right? Video games. You just love that, that, that what it does and stimulates your head. So you'll spend, it's not the video games are bad, but it's how many hours you spend. How much of your life you spend. If you added up all the hours, what could be different in your life? Social media. Oh, man, we get off on social media, and we, got, we have ways of saying, because we have so many friends on social media. Yeah. Binge watching, you know? Nothing wrong with watching a series, but sometimes when you sit down for three or four days in a row just to watch the series, so you, you've got all 10 seasons, that, that may be a bit much, all right? Uh, you may just need to give your... Some of you may have such an addiction to your, your mobile device, you can't be away from it. Where is it? Where is it? I, I need it. Do uh, you know where it is? Have you seen it? Right? It may be taped to your hand. I, I'm not sure, you know. It's like, no, you can't have that. It could be substance. could be sugar. could be nicotine. could be prescription drugs you're getting and using too much. could be alcohol. Here's what I'm going to suggest. If someone close to you, and a couple of them have shared that you have a problem, you may have a problem. Just something to think about, all right? Because when you say, I don't have a problem, you aren't defining it, and you'll never challenge it. Even if you fail trying, you're going forward because you've defined this is a problem. And that's going to get you tired of the thing. Otherwise, you're just going to say it's just part of life and keep it. It starts nothing towards your progress, so it's important to know. So, that will cut out a connection with God. That will distract or disturb what you think about yourself and prevent you from having a relationship with God. It gets in the way, because you're talking to yourself and beating yourself up and how you feel about yourself. None of that makes you want to get close to God. So, how do you break a bad habit? All right? Very first thing, verse fill-in, make it difficult to do. Don't make it easy. Don't make it like it's just something that can happen. This is the opposite of a good habit. A good habit, you make it obvious and you make it easy. Uh, I want to read a book. I put the book on my pillow, so as soon as I see it at night, it triggers me, I want to read it. 
I want to be more caring, so I'm going to write letters of appreciation. I put that notepad on my desk so it's the first thing I see in the morning. You want a trigger. That's good habits. Bad habits, you want to do the other. You want to make it difficult. And here's why. Your willpower only lasts so far. The thing about resolutions or those things that happen, the reason we don't do it because we know by February we will have quit. And that's for those that really hung in there. The rest of us gave up in day one, you know? So, you know, it's just like, it's just your willpower, your desire to make it happen isn't there. You eat some donuts, you know, walk by, you're in your office, you see people eating donuts. I'm just glad I am free of those donuts. I don't eat those donuts. Day one, really good. Day two, you walk by, you see them. You know, I have no desire for those donuts. I will touch one just to feel the texture. But I am free of donuts. Day three, you you see them and they're having donuts and you go, donuts, they don't affect my life, they were bad. Let me smell one just to remember so I can be stench in my nostrils. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no donuts. Day four. As you walk by those donuts, you lean over to sniff it again so you can remember the repulsiveness of it. And you reach down inside, you lick it. And half the donut disappears. Next. You walk away, and seven minutes later, because seven is God's number of completion. Got to make it spiritual somehow. You go back and you get the other half and you shove it out in your mouth. That's our willpower. All right? We are going to make it difficult. Solomon, King Solomon says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked. Walk in the way of the evildoer. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it. Go on your way. Proverbs 4.14. So we've been showing this habit loop every week, this diagram, and basically there's a trigger. Something causes you to have a feeling, bring up an emotion, remember a hurt, remember a good moment, whatever it may be, it triggers something, and it causes this emotion, this feeling, this, this hunger, this desire within you. It's a trigger. And then what happens is you take action. You do something. All right? Uh, for me, when I was growing up, as I shared uh, there was always chaos, there was always criticism, there was always that going on. The only peace was at the dinner table. And there was like truce called there, all right? So I learned to associate food with comfort. And so when I get stressed out, and I'm feeling the stress, I'm feeling anxiety, to comfort myself, I want to I grab something, I want to munch on something, I want to eat something, all right? And so you find the trigger, and you find the action you're doing, and then you realize there's a reward. I felt like I felt full. I felt like satisfied. I felt like a, a temporary relief. And so what happens? Next time I feel it, which was like 10 minutes later, <laughs> I'd want to, you know, oh, I'm feeling bad again. I feel stressed again. Oh, I need to eat again. Oh, you know, ah, <sighs> oh, I, and then you just, you're in that circle, that vicious circle and that cycle that's going on in your life. So we need to remove the trigger. So take an X and put an X over your trigger. And we need to interrupt the action, put an X over that action. 
We need to remove the trigger and interrupt the action. So across uh, the way. So we have five triggers, all right? And so these are the triggers we need to remove. And I want you to watch. I'm going to give you all five, and then I'm going to go down and go through them. Place is a trigger. Time is a trigger. Mood is a trigger. Moment is a trigger. People are a trigger, okay? In the notes right there in front of you, place, time, mood, moment, and people. Let me explain this. Place. There's a place that you do good habits and you do bad habits. Recognize the place. You usually don't overeat at the gym. When you're at the gym, you're not overeating, okay? Uh, you don't go to church to get wasted, all right? I hope you don't. <laughs> I need to have our parking tent and start checking the cars. All right, so, so you don't go to church to get wasted. But at the last three Super Bowls, at someone's house, you got wasted every single time. So there's a place that you know you do the bad habit, and there's a place that you do the good habit. So place can be a trigger for you. Time can be a trigger for you. All right? You don't look at porn while you're in your growth group. Okay? That's just not the time to do it. People are probably watching, wondering what's going on. Okay, all right? But late at night, or when you're bored, or when you're alone, that's when you get the desire to look. So you have to recognize that and see, what can I do to stop me from having these moments and these feelings? What's going? Well, how, how do I interrupt? How do I remove these triggers, all right? Um, we can love God, but put ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. That so messes with our head. How do I love God? It's like Paul arguing with himself. How, I know what not to do, but I end up doing what. How do I do Because you put yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time, all right? We need to remove the time and the place that consistently causes us to do that bad habit. Another one, mood. And kind of a word you can write next to it is halt, H-A-L-T, because it's hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. If I'm hungry... I can be a little disagreeable. If I'm angry and I'm using that as a tool to get my way, because people get out of my way, they'll do what I want when I'm angry like that, uh, that's very harmful in my life. When I'm lonely, when I'm not connecting. And you know what the enemy's goal is to separate you, to make you lonely, to think that you are alone, that no one cares. That's a lie. We care. I care. God cares. God is always with you. But we've not connected. We, we've got, a, we got an issue or something going on. There's something deeper going on inside me that's pushing away that help, that connection. This, I'm not even going to growth group. I'm tired. What happens when you get exhausted? You're just more vulnerable. Uh, if you've been under stress for a long period of time, uh, you've been dealing with a legal case, you've been dealing with a, me uh, a medical care of somebody, you've been doing something, after a while, it just makes you vulnerable. And all of a sudden, you find yourself wanting to do something. All right? It becomes a trigger. The moment. All right? 
Something happens, and it's like, it's like this is when the pattern. When I do this, then this happens, all right? After I fight with my husband, what do the girls do? They call the other girls. Well, let's have a men-bashing session right now. What jerks they are. I know they're jerks, all right? After a softball game and, and some wins and stuff like that or some losses, oh, let's go get drunk, all right? Let's just, you know, let's, uh, 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 or teens, you know, after, after flunking a test, we need to go to a party. After passing a test, we need to go to a party. You know, there, there, there becomes these things that trigger you, that moment, people. People can be a trigger and lead us in the wrong direction or the right direction. This is why we talk about growth groups, and it's so important, all right? Uh, studies have demonstrated the closer you are to someone, that you want them in your life, that you want to imitate them and just you feel that attachment to them, the more likely you are to imitate their habits. That's why Scripture says, imitate Jesus. Be like Jesus. The more he's in your life, the more you want to imitate that, right? Studies track 12,000 people over 32 years. Chances of being obese. If your friend is obese, you have a 57% chance of being obese. If one friend loses weight, the other friend, uh, one-third of them, often will lose weight. You just imitate and respond like them. Scripture says in Proverbs, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. I've got some good close friends in my life. And sometimes we can't all go to the movies and do those things, but they're closer than that because when I have moments that I want to share, I want to be vulnerable, what's going on, I know I'm going to get good, sound advice. They love God. They lead good churches that are healthy churches. They eat right. They're, they're uh, good at their marriages. They're good in their relationships. Uh, they're living beneath their means. They're seeking to have the fivefold ministry active and the gifts working within them and in the church. That helps me. It makes me easier for me to stay focused than to draw me away. It's almost impossible to live right when you have the wrong friends. First Corinthians says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So we look for triggers, and we remove the triggers, and we interrupt the action. You have a problem hitting the snooze button seven times? Move the phone or the alarm across the room so you have to get up. You interrupt it. You change it. You make it, but I don't want to do it. You want to repeat it is what you want to do, all right? You still want to be an hour and a half late, or you want to change that. Got a problem overspending with Amazon. I don't know why I spent $120. I got click. I don't understand why this happens. Click. Oh, that's good, too. I don't understand why I'm having this thing, and I get these big bills like that. Oh, click, click, click. Uh, you know, you may need to take your phone and give the password to a friend or a spouse so that, it, so that when you have to use it, You've got to get the password. You want to make it difficult and hard, not so you can go click. You may want to remove the one-step click, too. I mean, that's another thing you may want to do, all right? Uh, lustful images on your phone. Make it harder. You may need to remove some apps. You may need to give some people your passwords, all right? 
There, my staff has my passwords to my computer and my phone. My wife has passwords to our televisions and that at home. It's not because I'm having a huge problem. It's just because it makes it difficult. If, if a moment happens and I w w would be tempted, it makes it difficult. Hard encourages me, hey, anyone can be looking at the history of this phone, so I want to make sure this phone is clean. All right? It's encouraging. It's, it's strengthening. It's keeping me on the right track. And so if a smartphone is giving you problems, get a dumb phone. No, I'm serious. If you're having issues with that smartphone and it keeps leading you away because it gives you access, you need to get a dumb phone. One that doesn't allow you to even do that. Will it make my life harder? Yeah. And in that being harder, you know what? It's going to give you character and strength and the will to stay away from it. Just some things that you can start doing as, as we talked about. Your life is too important to be at risk with a smartphone. If more than one person close to you says you have a problem, you may have a problem. I, I, if you notice, I repeated that. Got issues with gambling, drugs, alcohol, uh, sexually, or whatever's going on. Severe measures may need to be, maybe it's time for rehab. Your life is too important. Do you know the scripture says that you have purpose in your days? So for those of us getting older, we need to realize God's going to give us strength and do other things in our life, not just we're getting old and that's the way it is. We have purpose in our days. For any of us, you don't have to be lost in a habit, stuck in a habit. You need to know you have purpose in your days. Why resist temptation tomorrow if the power to eliminate it is in you today? Don't wait till tomorrow and it's stronger and it's bigger and you can't overcome it. Deal with it now. I want the worship team to come. The habits you have today will shape you and shape who you become. Do you like the direction your habits are taking you? Where do you need to change? If you're not sure about this habit, then play it forward. If I keep doing this, where will I be in six months, a year, five years? What you don't want to do is for four years or five years from now, a year from now, look back and say, I didn't know. I didn't know this was the cost. I didn't know this is what it's going to do to my family or my life. I didn't see that. I wish I'd spent more time with my kids so I had memories. If only I'd forgiven her. If only I'd forgiven him. The relationship with him. I wouldn't have been away from this family member for 20 years. Don't wait to say, I wish I'd never started this. I had no idea how this would affect my life. Remove the trigger and interrupt the action. But Randy, I feel so good. No, no, Randy, you, you don't understand. I, I just don't know how I'm going to be able to do it. It's, it's just outside of me. I just feel weak. I am so excited for you. Are you hearing me? It's not in me. There's zero self-discipline. That's great. The scripture says, when I'm weak, 
when I've reached the end of myself, when I'm beyond my pride. I can do it all by myself. Then I am strong. Because he is strong. Because he is strong, he makes me strong. My source is him, not me. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. God's strength makes perfect what is wrong in me. Our God is faithful and always plans a way out. He has a plan already. He's just looking for you to turn to him, to trust in him. It took Samson 56,250 steps to get to his place of harm. And in those 56,250 steps, he could have, God's help, turned around. Could have stopped. Could have been different. Are you becoming who you want to become? Is there a habit you can start that will just start honoring God? Not huge, not a bunch of them. It's simple. It's easily working its way out. Is there a habit I need to break? I need to stop? Never underestimate how God can start something special and huge in your life. Never underestimate a single step of obedience a single act that you do, not that you've been successful in even defeating it, not even if you've been successful in starting, but you're, we are taking that step and you're being consistent about it and you're adding up steps. That brings the smile and favor of God because you're honoring him in obedience. Satan's going to be messing with your head and bashing against you. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. God's rejoicing in your obedience. There's a smile upon it. Let evidence start to build up of who you really are. Every time you work out, you can start seeing, I, I'm becoming an athlete. Every time you play and practice an instrument, you become a musician. Uh, every time you pray with your kids, becoming a godly dad. Every time you serve, you give, you love. I'm an ambassador for Christ. As the devil kicks back, it becomes difficult. You rise up and say, I'm going to be a God-honoring overcomer in what I do. I'm going to be a winner with each step. That makes me a winner. I'm not perfect, but my story tomorrow of who I am and what God has done will break strongholds. What habit are you going to believe God to break in your life? A stronghold is something you've done over and over again where it's like a fort that the enemy has built up and it is hard to overcome. Where are you going to trust God? A generational curse? Grandparents did it. Parents did it. You're doing it. Your kids may be. Where can you break the chain? To those that will stand in the presence of God. We're going to worship in a minute. It's not about your favorite song. It's not about how the music affects you, its style. It's about being in the presence of God and letting the Holy Spirit wash through you, sensing who He is, letting Him change and do something in you. It's not you. 
with him. As we stand in his presence, as we stand on the word of God, I am enough. We can then stand to release our gifts. I want you to bow your heads for a second. Even if you're online, I want you just to tune out whoever's next to you. I want you to identify what is it? Where do you need to stop? What is that one thing? What is coming against you? What is that giant that is taunting you? That may be even scaring you? Goliath brought all that he had to bear. His stature, his armor, his authority to change a nation. He brings all that to bear to change you. To prevent you, to stop you, to limit you. What is it? What's its name? Define it. Recognize it. Be undone by it. Recognize your weakness so you can proclaim God's strength, God's power. You can move in a different way. Lord, right now, I believe that you're the Son of God. You're almighty. Pray this in your heart's mind. Declare this out loud. God, you are in charge. You have authority. And Lord, I admit I have been weak. I, I have been rebellious. I have been my own thing. I, I have been prideful. I have hindered you. I have stopped you. I now accept your forgiveness. I now accept your presence. I now accept your power. I now accept the presence of your spirit. And Lord, I surrender. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but God, I surrender. I'm naming this. I'm proclaiming it. I'm standing against it. I want you to change me. I want you to be Lord of my life. And Lord, I'm expressing it with a prayer. I'm believing, Lord God, that you will set me free.